It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. This is our final live show of the week. Uh, the office is closed tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have good content for you. So make sure you tune in. Uh, we are going to record a mock draft, our first Big Blue Kickoff Live mock draft of the year, and that's going to go up tomorrow sometime in the morning. So you guys will have some BBK to talk about tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do all calls today, folks, at 201-939-4513. We only have one guest. Uh, we have a Boston College guest coming on at 1230 to talk BC prospects, which will mostly be Zion Johnson. There's not a ton else much to do with him, but maybe we'll touch on a, a, a couple other guys as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But we are going to do a bunch of calls otherwise. So let's get on the lines. We'll get to you again, 201-939-4513. We're have a call in line. I'll get to him in just a second. Guys, before we get there, though, I guess we should touch on the one piece of NFL news that did hit yesterday. Uh, Derek Carr signing a three-year extension at more than 40 mil per year. And those quarterback numbers keep going higher and higher and higher, which means it's going to be tough to sign any of them long-term unless you really think that they're the guy for sure because otherwise it just gets really, really expensive really, really quickly. So uh, as the Giants try to figure out this Daniel Jones scenario over the next couple of years, of as you see more and more of these quarterbacks signing, it's going to well, kind of make it even more difficult. It also, it's also going to pump up the franchise tag for that quarterback position too. So as he's right, I mean, this is a oh, wow. <laughs> hey, good for them. Hey, you know what? There's the most important position in my opinion on the field so well that's the thing like i'm not sure if Derek carr is a top 10 quarterback but he's but he is a top 15 quarterback sure yeah i and think he's we still getting 40 million yeah well that's yeah. the trend yeah i know that's, it's just uh, crazy yeah. so, it, Lance, you always say it right it's not how good you are it's whoever the next guy is yeah. right it's the timing, timing. and timing his is everything. number was due yeah so he cashed in his agent presented the raiders i'm sure with the going rate in the market and they came to a deal which was feasible for the raiders and also it's not all guaranteed, it seems, based on the structure from what I understand in terms of the years oh, wow, and okay. the money. So there is some flexibility. A lot of times, as you know, guys, these deals, they appear to be three, four years, and then it turns out it's a one-year deal or a two-year deal with an option of mm -hmm. some sort. And I think that's where the car deal falls in line because they do have a lot of guys that they have money tied up with. They just acquired Devontae Adams, gave him a new deal. They added Chandler Jones. So this team feels as if they can compete right now. And here's the other thing. Look at the division. If you're the Raiders, even if you're not 100% sold on Derek Carr, which I don't think is the case. I think Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, their new GM, I think they believe in Derek Carr, and they should, because I don't think option B is very attractive. But you've got Russell Wilson, you have Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes. Do you really want to go in the direction of drafting a young quarterback and hoping he develops? I mean, you want to be able to compete right now and do some damage in that division. Derek Carr gives you absolutely the best chance to accomplish that. Well, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, he is uh, still pretty young, you know, but I yeah, mean, he's, he's and, up and, there in age. You yeah. know, he's had some good years. And I sure. think that, you know, um, other than him, his injury situation, which isn't all that bad, I guess. I don't know the whole thing about it, but I would say that he is um, you as a Raiders fan would be happy to know that you're going to have your quarterback with you for a few years, at least, because what you just said, that scares me. <laughs> that division with those other quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, that, uh, that is uh, a nightmare division to be in. It's, wow, it's a disaster. Um, so if you're a, an AFC West fan, that's uh, that's a lot of good football. Yeah, Lance, I had not looked at the structure. I'm looking at it now. You're right. Uh, that's an easy contract to get out of as, as early as 2024. You know, if they want. Okay, to, so to be there you go. 22, you. Yeah. So, 23. Yeah. All right. So you know. Yeah. So, but you know, him, Derek Carr had a prior relationship with with Josh McDaniels and stuff like that. So it what's makes the guaranteed money in around. there? Not a lot. He only, from what I'm looking at, it's a uh, 24.9 million guaranteed at signing. That's it. Yeah. All so right, there's so some wiggle room there. So he's gonna make he's gonna make how much this year plus the signing? Well, he was already under contract, Jeff, for this yeah. year. So this, this was his last him? year, this and then they added the three-year extension. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hey. Hey. Let's and he wanted to stay in Las Vegas. He made yeah. that very clear. So I think. Yep. 
not to say that no other quarterback has been in his position where he says, hey, I don't want to go anywhere. But I think when the quarterback wants to stay there, I think he then is more willing to maybe take a deal that doesn't have nearly as much guarantee and security perhaps as what Mahomes and some of those other guys got or Aaron Rodgers, for example, just got. So I think, you know, environment obviously dictates the scenario, the situation. And Jeff, to just piggyback off of your point, you mentioned the franchise tag is going to go up. Well, the franchise tag and the salary cap go up pretty much on an annual basis because you figure there's going to be more money inputted Mm -hmm. into all of these teams. So that's another reason why I think most of these teams can afford to get into the $40 million territory if we know the cap is going to continue to go up. There's seven quarterbacks now in the NFL, by the way, who are making an average annual salary of $40 million. Just think about that, guys. And they've That's all a quarter been signed in the last the three years. And they've all been yeah. signed the last three years. So there you go. So eventually, $50 million is going to become the norm. You know that's going to happen. We're going to get there. Just mm-hmm. wait. Just yeah. wait for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and those guys, and Absolutely. that's where it's going to get. No question. Sign your quarterback as quickly as you can would be the theme of that conversation. All right, let's get to it. 201-939-4513. UC and St. James will lead us off today. Hey, UC. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Up, How are buddy? you? Good. Appreciate you guys taking my call. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'm going to give you guys two uh, draft scenarios, and I just want to know which guys you'd prefer to come true. Um, so, scenario A, uh, both Evan Neal and Ikemaquanu are off the board by five. Same with Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, off the board. Now, you, you draft Sauce Gardner at five, so pick five is Sauce Gardner. No, I, but I wouldn't do that, you see. You have to pick Charles Cross there. Well, this is his scenario. Well, I know, but I'm just no, telling I'm you, you have, you, have to <laughs> take, you have to take Charles Cross there because there's a chance that the Panthers take Charles Cross at six. Okay. Anyway, right, go ahead. So, finish right. your scenario. Finish your scenario. It's okay. Let me finish it. Then. Yep. All right. So say say for this scenario, we pick Sauce at five, and then instead of picking at seven, we trade back into the mid to late teens for an additional late second or early third rounder this year, and an additional second rounder next year. Not enough. That's no. I wouldn't have it. You gotta have a first round in there. I just if, don't know okay. if you're gonna so, get that. I mean, no. That's but, the problem. If you're dropping yeah. down ten spots. You better get at least two number twos and not get like one three this year and a two next year. That would not be enough juice for me to move out of that seventh spot. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. And then so so scenario B would be your choice of Neil or Quanu at five and then an edge rusher at seven, but you don't get any additional draft capital. So how about this? Let's just say for scenario A, there's the first in there. Scenario A, well, scenario A, if you're getting a one, ne- uh, let's say you're getting a, a swap, a one next year, and a second rounder, you want to you give me that? Yeah, exactly. Well, I would take Charles Cross at five, and then I would trade down. At seven? Yes, I would, I, I would do that. Well, trade, I think yes. that's what his scenario is, right? No, he, he trade no. Out at seven. Well, he was taking Sauce Gardner at five, though, not Cross. Gotcha. Meaning you would, if Cross is still there, you'd want to take Cross at seven? No, no, I would take Cross at five. No, no, but I'm saying right. that if you took Sauce at five and right. Cross is still on the board at seven, would that hesitate you from, from pulling down. the trade is what I'm saying? Yeah, would I you mean, rather take Cross at seven and just call it a day? No, I mean, you guys are putting me in a scenario that I would never put myself in, though. Because I, because, <laughs> well, I know. Because, because, well, I, because I would never not pick the tackle first because I need the offensive tackle. Well, and also the Panthers took J.C. Horn last year, so the chances of them taking correct. another corner, I would think, would be slim, though we've seen some unusual things yes. in NFL draft history. But I understand the logic. I'm just saying I'm just going with the yes. caller scenario. In, 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 this, in that scenario, I would still trade down and take the extra draft capital. I would. I'd like to see which team oh. wants to swap with me, too. I think that would be an indication. And also, how much of a drop-off is on my board at that point? Do I have one guy that stands out from the rest of the pack, and then is there a drop-off? That, to me, also would indicate something. Because remember, if the whole philosophy is to get an extra one to put yourself in contention for maybe a quarterback in 2023, I think you have to at least look at who you're trading with. I know there's no guarantees in the NFL, but... The Bears were going in a direction of a youth movement, so maybe that made it somewhat favorable for them to be picking relatively high. If you have somebody in the teens moving up, that could have been a borderline playoff team that could very well make it this year. Right. For example, mm-hmm. I would Which be much. Yeah. I would be exactly. much, I would yeah. be much more excited to trade with the Steelers than say the Chargers. Mm-hmm. 
Because cool. I don't know what the Steelers, you know, quarterback situation is, for example. But the Chargers have Justin Herbert. I know they're probably going to be pretty good. And they're going to win some games, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. unless Herbert gets hurt, the Chargers are not going to be terrible. Well, you know Chargers what I mean? Chargers are at 17. And yeah. The, and the, uh, Steelers, the Steelers are at 20. 20. Mm-hmm. 20, yeah, so. The other thing, guys, that I wanted to throw out that I don't know if we talked about this much, and I know the two of you and Paul and I, we've all had conversations about flexibility and maybe trying to get an extra one for next year. But let's face it. If Daniel Jones, by the end of this season, doesn't convince the Giants that he's their guy, in all likelihood, that means the team struggled. Yeah, we're going to have a high pick. Correct. Exactly. So I don't really think the over-aggressiveness to get an additional one is that much of a priority. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's still possible Daniel Jones has an iffy season and they finish middle of the pack. I get that. But in all likelihood, if Daniel doesn't convince them and doesn't prove he's the guy, then that means the team probably did not have a very good year. True, but you could not have a very good year and still pick seven or eight. Sure, which doesn't guarantee you an opportunity to get a quarterback. But it does give you a better position maybe to move up as opposed to being in that, like, teen 13, 14, 15 area. Seven, I think, gives you a better opportunity to make a more aggressive move if you did need to get a quarterback. It does. Here's the the problem that there are a lot of teams, I feel like, that might kick the can down the road this year on a quarterback. So I think there could be a lot of healthy competition for a quarterback next year. Now, we don't know how many really good quarterback there's going there's going to be are they going to be two are they going to be three are they going to be more than that we don't know the answer to that question today but like there could be a lot of teams with extra draft picks next year ready to go move for a quarterback that you're going to have to compete with like you might want to move but you can't because another team is a better offer because they have more capital throw on top of that by the way and this is your worst case scenario which is you know Paul never makes this argument to us about why our idea to do this would be stupid, but this is the best argument against it. I'm happy to give it when he's not here, so he can't use it against <laughs> me. But <laughs> what happens if the teams that get the first two picks in the draft also need a quarterback? Yeah, then all then, bets are off. No matter what you're offering to them, they're not going to trade out of there anyway. So Maybe then so. you're really in, like, if the Lions don't pick a quarterback this year and they're picking top three next year, and they're not trading out. horrible again. The Falcons aren't trading out of that. If they don't pick a quarterback this year and they're terrible, they're not going to trade out of that pick. Right. Seattle's another team, Lance. No question. Carolina, I throw out too. Carolina's another team. Depending on what happens with them. What if Davis Mills doesn't work out this year and and the Texans have a top two, three pick? There's a handful of teams we can throw out. What if Zach Wilson doesn't work out? What if he's awful again and the Jets have a top two or three pick? You think these teams are going to, out of the goodness of their hearts, trade out of that with the Giants to help them? They're not. So, look, you could do all you want to get all this extra capital, and you still might not be able to get the player you want anyway just because of the way the board falls. So there's, to Lance's point, there's a lot of unknowns here. I'm in the position, and this is my general philosophy, until you're sure about having the franchise. It's the same thing with the NBA trying to find a superstar player. If you want to win in the NBA, you need a superstar. Mm -hmm. If you want to win in the NFL, you need a quarterback, Mm -hmm. right? Same rules apply. Until you have that guy... Every single move you make should be done keeping in mind maximizing your ability to find the quarterback or the superstar player. Because until you have that guy, really nothing else you do matters a whole lot. So that's kind of what my approach is. Because the other good teams have that formula too. Thank you, UC, by the way. I appreciate the call. You know what I mean? Listen, we all know this about the quarterback position. You got to have it. You're not winning without it. Look, no and, what. and you might be able to one year string a bunch of good luck together and make a run, no. but you're not going to sustain it. And to your point, like if you're going to if you're going to try to forecast next year, this year, there's a lot of risk in there. Oh, yeah. Sure. OK. And so and at, and at that risk, what comes from that is that you're going to maybe give up on a Charles Cross that you might be able to get in this scenario that you said, mm-hmm. I'm going to trade down and try to get one of those number ones for next year. And then you're missing out on maybe a, a, a really a, a future Pro Bowl Right tackle. Who could help protect your quarterback? Who which could help is protect your Also, the other part now. of John's equation. You <laughs> exactly. could have the quarterback, but then you could do everything possible to mess up that quarterback. 100%. No, you're That's the right. other thing. No, yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff that goes into this, guys. It really is. Um, and I, I feel like this is what makes everything so difficult upstairs, if I would 
you know, when they're talking about this, this is things that you have to, this is real business stuff here. No, this is like, this isn't us down in the big blue kickoff room no, throwing this, this stuff is, around. No, this is Joe Shame. Am I still going to have a job in four years? hundred percent. Or right? how, how am I going to, you know, there's got to be, this is my long-term plan and it doesn't include this scenario. Like, look, the Panthers, guys, the Panthers are the perfect example, right? Of what I'm talking about. I think they've actually built a pretty good team. They have a good team. Like they have a nice defense. Like Christian McCaffrey's a good player. Yeah, he's DJ healthy. Moore's a good player. Of course, they just got to get a guy to throw him the ball. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, they they drafted the LSU kid in the second round last year. I think he's a pretty good player as a wide receiver. You know, they need to do a better job on the offensive line, but they need a quarterback. So, what did they say last year? Well, we really like J.C. Horn. We want to pick him, but we're going to pass on Justin Fields. We're going to pass on Mac Jones. Well, hey, let me ask you something. If you could <laughs> put Matt, if you could put Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer in a time cat or a time machine right now and go back and go back to last year. I will bet you any amount of money on this planet <laughs> that they would pick a quarterback. There's no question. Yeah. Well, especially if you tell them JC Horn played three games well, last yes, year. Correct. Yeah. But even yeah. look, even if JC Horn was great, no, he's not gonna throw the football. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Sure. Yeah. But yes, hundred percent. Like they would pick a quarterback. Thousand percent. Which makes you think that that's why they're they may be going for a quarterback this year. If one, but here's the problem: ain't no Justin Fields or Mac Jones this year, dude. Mm-mm. No, I mean that's that's, that's uh... people think Davis Mills, if he would have stayed in school, would be ranked higher than all the quarterbacks this year. Do Do you remember when we had the guy from Stanford oh, on he here? Lo- he loved he Davis. He loved him mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Like they, he was like this. Listen, this guy's going to be the steal of the draft. He should be a first round draft pick. And he and he had a nice first year with Houston. He sure did. Yeah. yeah. See, if I'm Carolina, what I would do is I would be comparing the entire quarterback draft class to Baker Mayfield. That, I would do the same exact thing, Lance. Oh, Thank wow. you. Interesting. That's yeah. the conversation I'd be having in my draft. For me, I now. think, and look, and I know they already kind of played this game with Sam Darnold, right? But to me, Baker Mayfield's the perfect. If they can figure out the money deal, right? Because you don't want to pay him eighteen million and pay Sam Darnold eighteen million and paying the no, they're not going to both be there. Correct. But the problem is that the Darnold money's guaranteed, so that, that ain't going nowhere. Well, so the I, question is, how do they get Baker, right? Do they, they wait till he gets cut? That's kind of tricky. Yeah. Well, but I think that that at least gives Matt Rule an opportunity to maybe feel as if he has a chance to actually win this year. Because right. it goes back to, I think, Jeff, you were scratching the surface of this. And even you too, John. When you come in as a head coach and a general manager, sometimes you have to weigh, if I make moves and then I'm not even around to enjoy them, <laughs> well, what the hell's the purpose of me getting first-round picks in 2024 yeah, if I'm not right. even going to be able to utilize right. them, right? But, and, and that's so, why when you have a new regime like the Giants, you're more apt to do stuff like sure. that because you know you have a little bit of a leash. Well, you okay. hope that well, you have that leash, John, <laughs> but you know how quickly things no, right could change. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I remember, correct, well, I mean, look at this team, yeah, for right. example, you're how right. quickly things change. And also, even a guy like Matt Rule, if you remember when he came in, and remember, Scott Fitterer wasn't hot until a little bit after Matt Rule came in. Yep. So he was here first. Everybody was talking about Matt Rule's got this lengthy deal, right? He's going to have all this leeway. All of a sudden now, he's on the hot seat a little bit entering this season, yeah. guys. Which yeah. is crazy the to me. Building. Which is crazy well, to me. But I'm yeah, not, no, he is, though. You're right. He's right. I'm not right. disagreeing with you. Right. And I'm not saying it's right or it makes sense. But the bottom line is, I'm sure Carolina wants some results this year, right? So if you're Matt Rule and you're Scott Fitterer, I think you have to ask yourself, do we want to go down the road of bringing in a quarterback, developing him, or do we make a move which may hurt us financially right now, but Baker's a more polished guy that could come in and help us achieve what we want to do? Better than Darnold. No, 100%. I would take Baker over him in a heartbeat. Baker is a good, average, middle-of-the-road starting quarterback. And and, and he would be your stopgap. To exactly what you're saying. Well, well okay. I don't even know if I'd go so well, far, no, okay, Jeff. Don't I didn't mean to cut you off as a stop. No, that's okay. Because no. I think I think Baker's young enough sure. that if you give him the right environment, I think Baker could still flourish. And Baker's yeah. done a lot better than Darnold did before he got to the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Baker and, was hurt. And by last the way, year, if you're guys, Matt, if you're yeah. Matt Rule, you're sitting there saying to yourself the same thing that you just said. Like, okay, well, man, I I, I think there's a little pressure. I mean, the old three years to build a team, yeah, I think, is down to that. two, Apparently right? Yeah, and so now no. Matt Rule is going, oh, the things have changed here. I'm, I got to get my stuff together, and I'm going to put my eggs in this basket and have a chance to win some games because, I, like you said, John, the Panthers have a pretty decent football team. Yeah, I like their roster. And um, 
and I think Johnny Hecker just went there too, so that makes him much he better. Did. Yes, well, so, there you go. You I mean, know. that elevates. <clears throat> and, and, and 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 little <laughs> unsolicited <laughs> advice for Baker: maybe stop going on podcast and, and talking. <laughs> that might help your case a little bit too. All right, let's go back to the phones. Donnie in Queens is up next. Donnie, what's up? Hi, Donnie. Hey guys, good afternoon. Hello. Um, first off, thank you for all the great coverage. Uh, you guys, every year, you guys bang out this draft coverage. It's just phenomenal. I listen to it every day. Thank you. Um, one thing I think teams find themselves in pr- trouble with is trying to fill out their needs over the course of a draft, right? So they'll say, well, we got our lineman, our, our edge rusher in round one, and now we need a corner, right? I think teams are at their best when they build strengths, something they can lean their hat on. The 07 Giants, right? It was the offensive line and the pass rush. 11, pass rush, the passing game. So one scenario I have not heard that I'm going to kick to you guys is, let's say in the first four picks we get three edge rushers and Sauce Gardner off the board in any order. It doesn't matter, right? Giants take Evan Neal at five. Panthers take a quarterback at six. Obviously the, the move is you try to field call, see what you can get. But if you have to stick there and pick, why not take a Kwanu at seven? You double up on the offensive line, and all of a sudden, after years of tarnation <laughs> on the offensive front, you have something that you can finally say, you know what, for the next five years, I have a strength of my football team. I'm going to hang up and listen to your uh, – your... so, uh, Thank guys. you, Donnie. Look, I think it depends who's there. Um and I think his scenario was the best one where I would consider picking both linemen. Because one of them can play guard. Yeah, I, I'm damn near positive Equan who's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber guard. Mm-hmm. I feel better about being a Pro Bowl caliber guard than I do him being a Pro Bowl caliber tackle, to be quite honest with right. you. But if, like, Thibodeau there is there or He's Sauce not. is there, I'm probably picking one of those guys rather than taking the second offensive lineman and putting him at guard because they're similarly graded and they play a more valuable position. But if I'm choosing between Equanu at seven and like Kyle Hamilton and Jermaine Johnson, I'd probably pick Equanu and put him at guard. Well, I think it all goes on your philosophy there with what, how you rank these players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're going to get anybody that's going to argue that you, that's the right thing to do. Well, and by, and by the way, it's because to build I that have, offensive line again. So, you know, Lance always makes this point. I have Aquanu graded as a better player than anyone else that's left. Right, right. So that's why I would do that. He also played a little bit of guard at NC yeah, State. Left so guard. it's Over not like you're snaps. throwing him yeah, into that situation out of the blue. And how many times have you heard offensive line coaches say you put the five best guys up front? So, I mean, that would be that philosophy. Maybe even though he's a high-rated tackle within this draft class, you still are trying to get the five best guys on the field to help protect your quarterback. I would have no problem taking a pair of offensive linemen if the grading matches up according to what else I have on the board. But Thibodeau, remember, the pass rush is still an area of concern for the Giants, okay? They need a game-changer there. So if it does come down to a top-notch pass rusher versus the extra offensive lineman, you know, that's a a tougher conversation in my mind because I think you have to say to yourself, Thibodeau can help the opposite side of the ball, and we don't want that to all of a sudden be lost and give that up with the hope and potential that Aquanu becomes that Pro Bowl guard. So that, to me, makes for a more interesting conversation. But if it's Aquanu versus a bunch of other question marks or positions where we don't know if he's necessarily going to be a huge difference maker, then you just take both offensive linemen. Hey, look, the Giants are at the beginning of something new here, right? Just pick the best player. Sure, yeah, yeah. Weighted by positional <clears throat> value, And if that, if that best player is that is that offensive lineman, then you take him. Exactly. Hey, remember what the uh, the Giant, excuse me, the Cowboys did a few years ago when they dominated the running game with those offense. Remember the mm-hmm. first rounders that they did? I mean, that offensive line was kicked butt for years behind, what's his name? Uh, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Tyron yeah. Smith. Yeah. Oh now those God. were all in different years. Though, di- to your but point, but my Chad. point is they were yeah. all third. They were all first round draft picks, which they built over time. But this could ex- expedite the the process if this happens to present itself in this scenario. I don't think anybody's going to be mad at you for now. Three fifths of your offensive line are number one draft picks within the last two years. 
No, no. <laughs> as, as long as, as long as they live up to their billing, long, then yeah. you're great. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. try to squeeze in a couple more calls here, guys. Uh, Tim and Charleston's up next. Tim, what's going on? Hey guys, how you doing? Good to talk to you again. I'm real. I'll be real quick, John. I just had a question um, about draft night two weeks from tonight. Yes. Um, have you guys considered, or are you even allowed to, um, like have a live draft coverage, uh, Big Blue? You know, draft coverage live. Well, we we um, Tim, we used to do that. We used to have we used to go live for three or four hours Thursday and Friday. Unfortunately, the NFL has said to their teams that we don't want you to compete with our broadcast on television. So you cannot go live the same time we are. And I get it. People would rather listen to us than the people on TV. I get it. I would, too. I understand. We're, we're very intimidating. I get it. But unfortunately, we are we are restricted as to what we can do. We will be live for two hours on Saturday uh, from like 11 to 1. Uh, on the right. Saturday of the draft, but unfortunately Thursday and Friday we will not be live, but, but we will be recording reactions to what the Giants do uh, shortly after the draft. And we did that last right, year as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, was, I figured there might be some NFL uh, prohi- uh, prohibition against it because they don't want the competition with their uh, pom-pom and pomp and circumstance uh, basically, <laughs> content content free presentation, which is a shame you know, because like they can I, you know people can have the TV on mute and listen to us. I think it would be the best of both worlds, but unfortunately, that's especially not for their own the, team, exactly. you know, their yeah. own team. Which There's is, a lot of people which, like to listen to that. I'd have my headphones in, be sitting outside my little Irish pub, watching it on the big screen outside, and listening to you guys. It'd be a perfect world. No, oh, I appreciate that, Tim. Do you have another question, or that's all you got? No, that's it. That's it. I'm out of draft questions. I've done so many mocks. I've gone through so many scenarios. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I think I'm done until the draft actually right. happens. Sounds good, Tim. And it, it does stink. We can't go live because nothing, nothing is better than hearing in his voice Paul Dottino's heartbreak as a guy he wants and gets glass drafted. shatters against the wall. Oh, dude. It, I mean, Lance, we've both been there. Seeing just like, like. It's like him seeing like Michael Myers walk it in the horror movie, and like the face just goes. There's nothing better than to witness that live. It's the best. Yeah, I mean, well, his facial expressions could be pretty much an entire social media segment in itself. (laughs) Yes, you just put a camera on him during the course of the draft. Yes, Uh, it's wonderful. And unfortunately, I will be here live with him, probably watching it, so I'll get to at least see it. But I like to share it with the world. I I really I. I, I try to be generous. I want to share that with, with the people. Oh, you do. The rest of society is sitting at their edge of their seats. Do each, do each of you have, um, as you know, like last year, for me, Kyle Pitts was my guy. Oh, like, yeah. I just, you know, I just loved the guy. Mm-hmm. I knew we weren't going to get him. But is there somebody that you didn't draft this year that you just, like, I mean, this is, I, I just cannot get over this guy. Save that question. Can okay. we do that after the Boston yeah, College sure. interview? Yeah. All yeah. right, because I want to squeeze in Charlie and Portland, Maine before we do our BC interview, and then we'll answer that question, Jeff. Charlie, what's going on? Because that's the thing you hey want guys. to accommodate, obviously. That's yes. right, yeah. Lance, see, see Lance, you have to understand Charlie. my strategy here. We have a guest that's coming in at 1230. I have naturally right. limited Charlie's now call to 90 seconds. seconds. <laughs> see? You should be thanking me yeah. and not admonishing me exactly. for this. It's no, okay, I am thanking seconds. you because now I want to get it down to a minute 15 <laughs> seconds. So I'm going to go to the next clock as we go. All right, 33, 34, 35. Okay, now the floor is yours. Yes. Hey, Lance. Hey, I just going to say about the – there's already three teams that have a two number one picks in uh, next year's draft. Yeah, the Eagles are one of them. So, and yes. Eagles, Dolphins, and, yeah. Dolphins yeah. and who's the third one, Charlie? Yeah, that's the one I can't remember. I <laughs> yeah. knew the Dolphins in Philly, but there was another team. But so we're going to be competing against at least three teams already. So uh, if we if we want a quarterback, we better uh, try to get him now and not count on what's going to on next year because we're going to have a lot of competition. And the other thing is, John, you, like you said that. You know, if Daniel Jones doesn't play very well, we're, we, we're probably going to have a good draft pick. Not necessarily. Say they sit him down after the second game. and Well, that's what I Taylor said, by the way. If you're well. going to come at people, come at me, because I said that. That's what I oh, okay. said. Yes. All right. Well, Get yeah, your accusations well, in order, Taylor. at least, okay? You know, I'm a big Tyler, boy. I put on my campers today. That's I can handle better. it. Yes. That's even better, Lance, because Tyron yeah. Taylor could end up winning a bunch of games, you know, and then we end up with the 15th pick. Instead of the fifth or the seventh, so you never know. Well, of course you never know. It's always a roll of a dice, but something tells me that if Daniel Jones, okay, doesn't pan out and doesn't prove to the Giants 
that means that probably there was a reason why he wasn't on the field as long as you're yeah, anticipating. Yeah, he was injured. He was probably injured. But it anyway, could be an I injury, of course. Thing. But then that means <laughs> yeah. that he's still a question mark, is he not, Charlie? If he's yeah, injured again for the fourth straight season, is he still not a question mark? <laughs> no, not anymore. He's what? not a question mark anymore what? if he's injured for the fourth straight season. Okay, so that means hey, that uh, they may have to go in a different direction. That's yeah, my point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, I got one other thing. If 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 all these quarterbacks are getting all this money, you know, I don't know if Carr got a bunch of guaranteed money or not in his contract, but after Watson, they're going to be looking for that. But we got to have we got to have like the Larry Bird exemption, just like Paul was talking about, where whoever whoever's got the highest salary on the team, it doesn't count against your cap. Yeah, Charlie, they got to the, go in that direction. No, Charlie, they here's gotta. the problem with that though. That will increase the value of having a great quarterback even more because the team doesn't have any downside to having one of these ultra quarterbacks, you know, because then they're not punished in the salary cap for it. Well, that, it shouldn't be. That's what you need in this league. You need to have that elite quarterback. The thing is, all 32 teams ain't going to get one anyway. Well, that, that, you know, no, Charlie, that's got... my point, though. If all 32 right. teams can't have the elite quarterback, you at least give the other teams a fighting chance if the elite quarterback is costing you 40 to $50 million a year. So then the other teams can spend their money elsewhere, have a not-so-good quarterback, but the rest of the team is so good, they at least have a chance to compete. If the team with the Patrick Mahomes... And his money doesn't count against the cap. Well, then they can spend all this other money on other positions too, and then they're unbeatable. And then they're unbeatable. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the salary cap to have a balanced attack across the league. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's getting. It's get. Do you guys know what the uh, guarantee was on cars? Not a ton. Not a lot. Not a lot. Twenty like twenty-four million. No, not a lot. There's some wiggle room. Don't worry. His agent's going to be paid, Charlie. I promise you. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. If you're losing sleep over that, his agent will receive plenty of money. Don't you worry. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. (laughs) Okay, guys. Thank you, guys. We got to run. All right. Let's go to our guest, and then we'll get back to your phones. By the way, if you guys want to get back on the line, you can give us a call. Two zero one nine three nine. Four five one three, and don't forget, Giant season tickets are on sale now for 2022. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call eight 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 NYG nineteen twenty five or visit giants.com/tickets for more information. Now let's go to our guest. He is Pete Cronin. He analyzes Boston College on their radio broadcast. He joins us right now on Big Blue Kickoff Live, Pete. You got John Schmelk, Lance Meadow, and a former Giants punter, Jeff Fiegels, with you. Thanks for being with us, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. That's three of a kind that beats two pair any type, any day of the week. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, sadly, we are not a, a matching trio, so I'm not sure how much value you're going to get out of that. Uh, All right. Pete, how about this? We're going to talk a lot of big, about a lot of big people here at Boston College, a bunch of offensive linemen coming out. What is it about... Zion Johnson, I think that's a good place to start, that yeah. makes him stand out to you and makes him special and worthy of a first-round pick? Well, uh, good start, He's, uh, but uh, and good question. Zion Johnson, a little background, what came, uh, uh, went to high school to an obscure Christian school, and he was overlooked. Ended up going to Davidson and transferring from Davidson to Boston College. Now, he followed his offensive line coach. And that's why he ended up at BC. Think about about Zion as physically, he's gifted. You know, he looks like he came out of a CAD CAM machine when you build an offensive lineman. He also has played three positions. He's played. He is a he's a, a pure guard. However, he's played guard, left tackle, not quite as good as guard, but effectively. You know, he was. That's not an ideal position for him. And he's played center. So you've got a guy who's built the way you want to be built. He's played multiple positions, has a lot of starts under his belt in a pro system, which cannot be overlooked in terms of importance, the way these guys are coached at BC. And uh, he is he is a he is a poster child for being a solid citizen. He's a, I mean you, you, you just you, I mean no ego. The guy is just humble and hardworking, and I'm, that's why he is, uh, I think, in the position he's in. But, and most importantly, he's a damn good football player. Well, Pete, you brought up Zion's positional flexibility, and I believe, actually, he was asked to play center during senior bowl practices, too. So maybe, obviously, some teams are considering his flexibility. 
you mentioned he wasn't ideal at left tackle. What specifically was the issue when he played that season? It was 2020 where he started at left tackle that made the Boston College staff say, you know what, he's probably a better fit in the long run on the interior as opposed to the outside in case a team is thinking about maybe experimenting with him. Well, you're matching up at that position with your best pass rusher, one of the best athletes on defense, one of the most physical athletes on defense that that left that right rush end on defense and that is probably it, it is the most uh it, when they don't know who you are playing a left tackle that's always a good sign because the only way they're going to know your name is if you're getting beat so i think where he, he showed a, a a little bit of difficulty in space and and i think that was that's where uh, that and that's not a necessary a knock on him but he was effective out there but that wasn't it was clearly that wasn't his ideal position I think he he looks like he's a better inside lineman. I I think you're right. I think that you know I don't think there's no no doubt in anybody's mind that he's a starting guard in the National Football League, whether it's right or left, because of his versatility. Um, when you start to talk about Zion Johnson, here's a guy that a lot of people you know maybe six months ago were talking about this. Now two weeks out from the draft. Here's a guy that's really has climbed up the boards. What are some of the reasons, other than what maybe some of the things you said were here, but maybe some of the real reasons that this is happening? Why is this guy? I know that, that one of the knocks on him is his is his strength a little bit. I'm just reading about him. You know, can he improve on those parts of his game? And why do you think he's climbing up the boards, other than you know being a model citizen and just a good football player? Well, and when I played, I was fortunate enough to be around good good coaches. One in particular, a guy by the name of Howard Mudd. Oh yeah. Uh, who recently passed away. He was the offensive line coach out in Seattle when I was out there and he and I became friends and, and uh, I, he said something to me that was, I think resonates today. And he says the touch, and he was also active in scouting. And he, I mean, he did everything in the national football league, a great guy. And um, he said something that, that is really makes, uh, makes you start thinking about draft picks. He says the toughest part of picking a player Especially in a position that's hard to measure in terms of the size, you don't have uh, you don't have a lot of tangibles. You know they're better at measuring tangibles in the offensive line now. But you know, if you're a wide receiver, or running back, or if you play defense, you can get tackles and interceptions and you know pressures and all that good stuff. But offensive line is a very difficult position to gauge. And he says the most important, the most difficult thing to do with any college football player, but more specifically for an offensive lineman, is has he played his best football yet? Is there room for growth? Mm-hmm. And if and if you play, if you place a bad bet on a high draft pick for an offensive lineman who isn't going to improve because the competition obviously is a huge step up, or for whatever reason guys get hurt, you know, there's a million reasons why people, why guys don't 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 go the way that, that people expect them to go. And what I think is happening with Zion is people are taking a good look at him and realizing he's got he's got he's got upside potential. He's got real upside potential, and I think that's why he – and they're looking – now they've had the chance to go to the market, go to the meat market, you know, well, I like the prime rib over here, but, oh, this, 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 the, this T-bone steak looks pretty good. Oh, this guy looked – he looked like a steak on film, but now he looks like a piece of hamburger. I mean, the, the, pro, the pro guys are beginning to see comparative analysis, eyeballing guys, getting to know people, all the stuff I talked about, and I think Zion is presenting himself as a guy who can show significant improvement uh, at the next level. Two-part question. Last one for me on on Zion specifically, uh, Pete. One, is he as squeaky clean off the field as he appears? I mean, he just seems like such a smart, intelligent, humble young man. I know he uh, works, I think, uh, some kind of engineering major, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Just seems like a a super smart guy and just a guy you're going to trust to always do the right things. And then I wanted you to answer one thing that I saw on tape that I thought I worried about a little bit with him. I thought sometimes he had trouble picking up and seeing some of those stunts and twists inside and picking that stuff up, which, again, surprised me because I, because I think he's such a smart young man. If you can address those two things for me, I think that would do a, a real service to fans as they try to analyze him as a player. I'll uh, take the second part, the first part second. As far as the way this offensive line played, um, you've got four guys coming out. Four of them have the possibility of playing at the next level. Um, uh, you know, obviously you've got Zion Lindstrom's another option. You know, he's another very good player. He'll be a he'll be a relatively high draft pick. But Trula, and then Vrabel, who's a major question mark, kind of in that order. Um, 
they, if you looked at Boston College this year, I think their offense, the, the, the offensive line didn't live up to billing. And you gotta, you got to ask the question why. And I don't think – I think there, there was a coaching change in that position, and I think that had something to do with it. So, you know, coaches, they say, you know, they, they get, they, they're blamed when everything goes wrong, and the player gets all the credit when all, everything goes right. I think the, the, the change in the coaching in coaching in that position impacted the way those guys played. So when you're picking up stunts and so forth and so on, it's, it's a scheme. It's tech, it, there's a, there's a, everybody's got kind of a different wrinkle in how they're going to approach it. Yeah, of course. And I don't think that – I think that these, the, the way that they were doing things, uh, they were, the, the way they were being taught had an impact on not just, just Zion, but I think the, the way the whole offensive line played. Okay, that's kind of a jab at the coach. Sorry about that, but he's no longer in the program, so you know I, I'm out in the lens. But he, but he went to the NFL, so he must be doing something right. But uh, as far as him being a uh, uh, Zion in his character, I mean, if you if you get a half a brain in the National Football League and you get a got a, uh, a, a you know a five star coming out, you're going to burn a draft pick on him. You better know who he is. Uh, you know, and, and it, 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 you, there's been a lot of expensive mistakes over the years, and I don't think Zion would, would uh, represent any degree of risk on a, off the field from an off the field perspective. Now he'll be a, he'll be a poster child. But the Giants are good uh, are lucky enough to get him. I believe that they're going to be very pleased with, with the outcome. Pete, you referenced that there's a number of other offensive linemen that will likely be drafted or have a chance to play in the NFL out of Boston College. I want to move to Alec Lindstrom, who you referenced earlier. And unlike Zion Johnson, he was solely a guy that played the center position. So a two-parter with respect to Lindstrom, and we know clearly he's got very strong family ties, and that family has done a great job producing some very talented football players. But A, (laughs) how much does the lack of positional flexibility hurt him in your mind at the NFL level? Because we really only have the center position to operate. And B, it seems as if he had a tendency to pick up a handful of penalties, specifically since he became the starter over the last three seasons. How much is that perhaps a bit of a red flag that has to be cleaned up? Well, I think anytime you're getting uh, penalties, it's an area of concern. You know, that's a, and yeah, I think you're right. He did seem to have um, a few uh, that were uncharacteristic of him in the past. But in, in, it, when when you look back at some of those penalties, um, the thing about the penalties that impressed me uh, favorably were they were nasty penalties. He didn't get penalties because he held someone. He got penalties because he tried to do a job on someone, you know, he, 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 and, 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 you know, the, the way they play the game today, they're, 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 you know, they're cleaning it up from a, you know, really trying to protect players, even to, to, to the, to the extreme. And I think some, many of his penalties because of the level of intensity he plays with. So, uh, you know, there, that has to obviously has to be cleaned up. It's something he's going to deal with, but he plays with a He's got a nasty streak in him, you know, and, uh, Nicest guy in the world when you meet him socially, but uh, you know if you're going to match up against the guy, you better bring the A game. Um, but and the, uh, the from, as far as you know, uh, his, his lack of flexibility position-wise, um, he is. Uh, you could argue he's one-dimensional. He hasn't. He's been obviously his practice probably a guard out of necessity because you know when you sure. don't have a lot of guys able, they, they 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 practice in other positions, and so I, I'm sure he's practiced in other positions, but. The thing about um, about him is that you know he he is a and I, I it's not necessarily consistent through college football. Most programs are 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 are, are concept programs. They play they play concept, which means they kind of have a set way of doing things. Everything is is formulaic. Every, when you see this, you do that. It's it's kind of rote memory. It's, it's very structured and. Offensive linemen aren't necessarily required to be uh, rocket scientists. You know, and of course, when there's an old saying, when you're thinking, you're thinking. So, you know, <laughs> it's in the best interest of the players to not make, not make them not make them think. Lindstrom is a, is a is plays at a different intellectual level. He's a quarterback. Of, he's a quarterback of the offensive line. Like I read an article about him the other day, and of course, he's calling he's calling fronts, he's calling coverages. He's calling blocking schemes, combinations, 
you know, making real-time adjustments based on what the defense is doing. Doing it re- so that you you can't undervalue the importance of a kid who's got the ability to do that. So I heard I read an article uh, recently on him uh, the, about he was being questioned in the combine. Uh, they watch they were watching. He was looking at a uh, the the the, 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 the uh, scout asked him a question about uh, what you what do you do in this situation? He put up a two D uh, an offense and a defense, and the first thing out of his mouth was. Uh, you only got ten guys on defense, so oh, the scout, of course, is testing. <laughs> so nice. Most do all with all offensive linemen that you know. Not all, but a few, probably very few, would know quick pick quick pick quickly pick up that they only had ten on defense. Now that's an example of kind of the level that he that the, 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 he looks through when he's looking uh, at, at an opponent's defense. So I think having the the, the benefit of, of uh, the being required to play at, at a, that intellectual level is going to be a real advantage for, for, for anybody who drafts him because he's going to be one step ahead of any kid that comes in who has not been required to do that. And you know in the NFL, that these guys are pretty smart dudes up front. My only follow-up, and, and, and we're joined by Peter Cronin, former NFL uh, linebacker, he's done radio analysis for Boston College since 1988. Super Bowl champion, was with Seattle and Washington. Uh, my only follow-up on Lindstrom then would be, he's only 296. You said, though, he's he's nasty, he's mean, he's got a mean streak. Do you see any yep. strength issues pop up with him only being 296? Or is he one of those guys that is just so good at using leverage that that isn't something really that pops up? Well, I had the misfortune of playing against John Hanna. <laughs> Okay, and he great player for the New England Patriots. And when I matched up against him, I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my my, my crown and my helmet right in his chin. I'm gonna knock him on his knees, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pursue, and I'm gonna make a tackle." This was my mindset. When he came off the ball, he absorbed me like a pillow, and I got, I get, I couldn't get around the, the dude. He he just sucked me in. Didn't hit me hard. Had great feet. But you know what he did? He kept me off the ball, and that's what I think Lindstrom is 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 that kind of a guy where he's got great feet. You know, he's a, he's a dancing bear. He's got he's got, he tap dances. He's got great feet. He's got great hands, and that's that's the thing that's going to get him. Will maybe if the, the question the strength question uh, is, is can be can be answered by saying he he may have a. A, an issue with what they would, would prefer in terms of his strength, but he he overcomes that with technique. Pete, I know a bunch of the other players that are coming out of Boston College, at least the majority of them are projected to, in all likelihood, be maybe undrafted free agents. You brought up Tyler Vrabel, yep. who's an offensive tackle. Coincidentally, Mike Vrabel's son, the head coach of the Titans, is maybe a bit of a question mark. I'm just curious. I'll throw Vrabel into the mix Isaiah Graham Mobley, the linebacker, Trey Barry, Barry, the tight end. I mean, anybody else out of those three or somebody didn't name that you think could make a name for themselves on the NFL level that didn't maybe get the notoriety at BC? Well, there's two guys I think have been have been overlooked by the by all of us, but uh, but I don't think the NFL has overlooked them. It's one on offense, one on defense. On offensively, now Travis Levy is a uh, another high quality character kid, uh, very good athlete, a little on the undersized, but when he's in, he will go somewhere. He's got a he's got a very athletic. He's a good downhill runner. You know he's not he doesn't have, didn't scare anybody, but he made plays when he needed to, and he was a great comment. He was he was a great alternative to that power inside run game that BC's famous for. He's very good catching the ball out of the backfield. And although they had great plans to throw the ball to him out of the backfield, the issues at quarterback may have changed all that. And he is a guy who will, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna turn heads on special teams. He's a guy who can go, and go into, a, into a system and, and make the team returning punts and kickoffs because he he's explosive. So he's one. Um, the other kid on the other side of the ball, Brandon Sebastian, is, uh, it was a corner, and uh, he – in terms of his improvement on a year-over-year basis, you talk about the impact that quality coaching has. I think Brandon Sebastian's a guy who might will probably get an invitation to go to camp, and will turn heads again because he's he is a uh, he's an excellent technician. 
and Halfley being a quote-unquote uh, career DB coach, um, he really uh, absorbed a lot of the, the, the what would consider be, you know, current or state-of-the-art coaching techniques. And uh, if, if you can point to a guy who really made a turn last year from his, uh, his first year with, with Halfley to his second year with Halfley, Sebastian kind of jumped out at you as a guy who really played very good technique football and he's and he's representative size wise you know he's not a he's not a shrimp back there he, he can he can he can uh he's got a little bit of range to him Pete before we let you go Boston College played both NC State and Florida State this year and, and being a former NFL player I really respect your opinion on guys up front so just want to ask if you have any opinion having watched Jermaine Johnson from Florida State this year and and Ike Aquanu from NC State two guys that could be in the mix for the Giants with their picks at five and seven, and just what your impressions were of those guys when BC faced them this year? Well, you know, I think the most important thing for, for Boston College is, you know, this is a team that is taking a very perspective. Um, Halfley is, is his, his piece preaching, it's not about us, it's about them. We're not going to make any predictions. We're going to go out, we're going to work hard. Of course, it's coach speak. Um, but I think Boston College is in, the, in that division. You talked about two guys. I think every week they get somebody to worry about. I think there's, there's a – the way this, this ACC is set up, um, everybody's got an impact player uh, and, and to, that can make a difference, and they need to be dealt with. And uh, I, I, it, it, But having been around it with, with these two, with these NC State and Florida State fall, Florida State – is a team that falls a little bit later in the first quarter of the season, and then NC State is uh, is also a little, on, a little on the early side. That's when you want to get those guys. But both programs are kind of on the rebound. But like you said, you know, the players make a difference, and those are two guys that need to be dealt with. Uh, we'll we'll see. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope I'm looking forward to it. Pete, good stuff. We really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate good it. Enough, Thank you. Take Pete. care. Have a Bye-bye. good one. That's Pete Cronin, well. former NFL linebacker, Boston College radio analyst as well. Uh, guys, I ain't getting out of the first round. He is just too safe of a prospect. You know, guard center versatility, checks every box off the field. If that guy doesn't get picked in the first round, I will fall off my chair. Which Tino would like to see that. Yeah, I mean, I know some Giant fans think maybe a 36. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I think he's just too, he's too solid. Do you he's have him solid. above Kenyon Green? I personally do. Yes, you I, do. Th- I think he's a better mover. Tyler Smith, Tulsa. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Tyler Smith guy. I don't like him as much as other people do. Okay, I just throwing some names out there. I think well, he's, I, I think yeah. he's more of a guard than a tackle. By the way, go ahead, Lance. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I think the positional flexibility. What we were talking about with Pete, I think that makes him extremely attractive. Even if he didn't show that he was a great tackle or we don't know still enough about center. Just the fact that he's been exposed there. What happens when you're on the team and then your center goes down or your tackle goes down? You could kick a guy like that more to the inside, more to the outside. I mean, that's a huge, huge luxury to have. So I would absolutely value a guy like that, Jeff, to answer your question, over some of the other names that you threw out that don't necessarily have the same flexibility. You know, and I think I said this in the show with you two guys, too. You know, when I listened to Iki Ekwanu talk at the Combine, like, I was just like, my God, I'm sold on this guy doing whatever it takes to be a great football player, and that makes me believe in the player more. I feel the same exact way about Zion Johnson. I think you and a lot of other people are in the same boat. That's why I asked the question, what makes him being – I mean, he is – I mean, here's a guy that four months ago we were not talking about him like we are now. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I just wanted to see from somebody else's perspective why he's going up the board. And, you know, to me it just sounds like you're, you, what you see is what you get out of this guy. And you're not going to have to really watch much and, you know, have to worry about this guy. He's consistent. He's going to be a good football player, and he's and he's versatile. That's I can try to squeeze in one more call, by the way, if you guys want to get yeah. in at 201-939-4513. Well, here's an interesting question for you two guys, then. As the Giants try to – and we're going to do our mock draft again. It's going, to, it's going to be on tomorrow, on Friday, for Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll go through the Giants pick at 36. So let's play a little game here. Do you guys think either of those top three interior offensive linemen, Johnson, Green, Linderbaum, will be there – when I make the Giants pick at 36. 
I think one of those three will probably still be there, potentially. I think no. So you don't think any of them? I think all three will be gone. That is I my think guess. Green may still be there. That's the guy that I was thinking maybe mm-hmm. could be there. What do you think, Jeff? No. I don't think any of them will be there. Nope. All right. Next next part of our game. Oh, my game. Remember my game. I wanted to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. I forgot about your question. Ask your question. Well, my, my question is that uh, as of last year, you remember how I was infatuated by Kyle Pitts. Yes. Um, and, 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 and deservingly so. Oh, fantastic, huh? <laughs> so, sure. is there is there a player like that for one of you guys? Um, I'll give you mine after you're done. But is there is there a guy like that that you just I, you, the Giants probably aren't going to get him? Um, but you just feel like if they could, you would just run to the to podium and give you the card and be done. Give what your answer you, first, Lance. I'm trying to figure mine out. Here. Well, I have two, Jeff. Okay, good. Would I say infatuated? I don't know. That's a kind of a strong uh, word. So right, I don't know it? if the love fest <laughs> that you had for Kyle Pitts matches uh, up. But these are yeah. two guys I really like. Okay. And I think that they will have success at the NFL level and a significant impact. And I don't think the Giants are going to grab them at either five or seven. Uh, number one is Jermaine Johnson mm-hmm. out of Florida State. Mm-hmm. I really like him. It's not that he came from Georgia and they happen to produce a lot of good talent. I just think his ability to get after the quarterback, I think he's going to find a knack on the NFL level. He's going to be that disruptive player. So very high on him. And then on the offensive side of the ball to balance things out, I really like Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. I I think whenever a guy that doesn't necessarily have blazing speed, even though they did use him on deep routes, but just finds a way to get open, wins the jump balls. I think he'll find ways to once again have success on the NFL level because he doesn't rely on one facet of his game. So those are both of the guys that I really like, and I really like their ceiling moving to the next level. You're going to get thrown out of the short person club for that comment, Lance. <laughs> Holy wow. cow. Like, I can't believe it. I, I figured you'd be like, you know who I really like? like I li- slot receiver out of Memphis. What's his name? I, uh Oh, well, and I do me. like a lot of the Memphis running backs who no, have come into the do. NFL recently. So I am <laughs> fans of them. But no, I you know I think these two guys deserve a little bit more credit Lance than going for a gem. Tall wide receiver. I'm, I'm shocked. I can't believe it. Oh, Calvin Austin. That's who I was thinking about. Skyscraper. Yeah, like 5'8", 170. Well, runs yeah, like Memphis is like... known to produce those yeah, guys. Like the jitterbugs, <laughs> yes. I call them. Yeah, they are jitterbugs. Jeff, yes. give me your guy. Oh, well. No, you were going to give me your, your well, two I'm, guys. I'm, I'm still finalizing. No, you should know him. I'm fine. I'm, I have one. I'm trying to get you a second one. Give me yours. You said okay. you have them. So I, this is my second one. I'll give you two, but this is the one that I, I'm also saying with the wide receiver position that I feel like this guy has a lot to prove, even though he came from a very smaller program, and that is Christian Watson. I like this guy a lot. Ooh, he North could Dakota be available State. around two, too, Jeff. I like him a lot. I like his size. I like the way he runs routes. I like his discipline, and I just think it's a guy that – now, remember, I'm not comparing my how much I liked Kyle Pitts to this guy because Kyle Pitts, to me, was one of those generational tight ends. That Kyle you, Pitts is alone in Jeff's heart. He, he no is alone there. And I'm telling you, I just love <laughs> to watch that guy play because he's just – I mean, he's, he's two positions in one mm-hmm. legitimately. Okay, um, and then so I'm going to go then on the defensive side of it. Okay, this guy just I, I just don't know how it's possible that this human being can move like he does. Oh, Jordan Davis. <laughs> I, I just and I keep saying and by the way, the other day I made a mistake. I, I was comparing um, the one defensive lineman that we were talking about. I was giving him his broad jump numbers and he wasn't deserving of them because Jordan Davis <laughs> at 300 and whatever pounds he is, is broad jumping 10 feet, nine inches to me is like. That's superhuman. That doesn't happen, but it did. That guy right there is my is my Kyle Pitts of the draft this year. Now, will the Giants be able to get him? Eh, I don't think so, but you never know. All so right. Those uh, are my two guys I like. Okay. I, Zion Johnson is, is honestly probably one of my guys. We already talked about yes, him already today. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. going to count okay. him. I love Jameson Williams. I think okay. he's special. Yeah. Uh, if, he's, if he's healthy, he's the first wide receiver off the board for me. Uh, he's his speed and explosiveness are different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be a great all-around wide receiver, but you watch him play; he doesn't look different. You watch Jamison Williams play. This is against the SEC now. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got he's the, got a gear. He's got the fast forward button mm-hmm. turned on, <laughs> right? And no one else has the fast forward button put on like like he does. And I, it just he looks different. And I think whomever gets him is going to get. 
a really, 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 really <laughs> good player. Yeah. Really good player. Um, you want to make me pick a defensive guy? I'm trying, you know, you I'm, not, have to. I'm not somebody that falls in love with guys, really. I, I try not to do that. I mean, there's some like day two guys that I think are really you good. Have to fall in love. Look, really I think I think Sauce Gardner is a okay. gonna is a really safe player. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's gonna be a super duper star. He's gonna, he's but I, if you want to play press man outside and Wink Martindale system, to me, he is just such a perfect fit for what the Giants want to do. I think if he's somehow there at five or seven, well, I think that would be I think fantastic. of all the guys that we just mentioned, that's yeah. probably the one that the Giants have a chance to get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't you think, Lance? I mean, I mean they could well, get Well, I mean, they could pick any the of the right? guys we named, too. I mean, it may <laughs> yeah, be considered yeah. a little bit of a reach, yeah. but yeah. 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 You know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, I know what you're saying. Jeff. All right. Yeah, re- really quick, and it's actually yeah. a good segue. Scott in New Mexico wanted to ask about Sauce Gardner. Scott, go ahead. It's hot hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're getting closer. I have more people captured in my basement, so the gold jacket's coming. Oh, so. my God. How wow. many, what are you up to? One and a half? Do you get a half a person needs, down there? I got at least five now. So. I was going to say, he needs more than that to get you in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he needs more than five, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, well thank okay. you, Scott. Keep working. My question, my question is this. If, uh, and it relates to something you just said, John. I looked at, uh, I have a friend of mine who's able to give me Is he in the basement, too? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. He's actually a pretty good friend, and he's actually able to get me some college tapes of. He got me college tapes of the eight prospects, the eight top prospects. So you still have a functioning VCR in the basement? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and uh, of all the people I watched, Gardner was by far and away had the best tape when I looked at all of his games. Uh, so if and here's the rub: Are are we Burying Matt Pert and uh, potentials for that right tackle position because you can't one of the can, Scott. I'm, you can't count on him. He's coming off an ACL, and when he played last year, he wasn't that good. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Okay. So that being the case, I'm going to say something crazy, and I know you guys are going to not like it, but I would, uh, with the fifth round pick, I would try to see if I could get Gardner or Stingley, and there's a reason for that, and the then trade pick. down. Yeah, the, the fifth, fifth pick. pick right. They're in there the right. fifth round. I don't know. You probably put everybody in your basement. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you would have every general manager <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the league. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and trade the seventh round pick if I can. And I, after listening to Rob Howe yesterday, uh, I would still go after Tyler Linderbaum because the way I look at it, the Giants have journeyman offensive linemen uh, that they've gotten. And, Scott, I think, and, I think we'd all be fine with picking Tyler Linderbaum between 15 and 30. I think we'd all be yeah. okay with that. The, the one thing that was amazing, amazing to me, besides the analytical grade, which was the highest of any offensive lineman, the Rob Howe, who's been there 25 years, said that he's as good at an offensive lineman as they've had in the last 25 years. And that includes Tristan Wirth, Brian Balaga, Riley Reef, Brandon Sheriff, and Marshall Yonda. I would take any one of those guys today to play right tackle for me. Uh, and if, he, if Tyler Linderbaum is that good, according to him, that's the guy I would want to have because, again, Though I appreciate Valencia, who also plays guard, he was beaten out, as I discussed with you before, John, by two other guys, and now you're going to put him in a new position that he's never played before. Yeah, Feliciano. Mm-hmm. Feliciano, you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Feliciano, I'm sorry. And so, and plus, Jamil Douglas, I don't know if you guys know this, he had one of the lowest recorded grades ever by PFF when he played with Tennessee. No, look, so, look, Scott, I, look, Scott, none of us are going to argue with you that, that they don't need to add interior offensive linemen. They certainly do. Right. But I, I do think with the fifth overall pick, they need to take Gardner if he's available. I think Sal is going to take him before that. But if Stingley is available, what do you think of taking Stingley? I know you're short on time, but I just wanted to run this scenario Thank by you, you guys, and, and I'll, I'll take I'll listen to your answers off here. Stingley's hard for me. He was so good as a freshman. I mean, so good. You know, I can't speak to this whole alpha male nonsense, you know, love the game, whatever. I, I don't I don't know about that stuff. I can just tell you that he was fantastic a freshman when the LSU defense was an absolute disaster and everyone else played poorly in 2020. So did he. And then he got hurt in 2021. Right. So yep. you're, you're basing on, you're going to draft a guy fifth overall based on something he did three years ago and hasn't done in two years. 
I get it. I I get the upside shot. I think I'm too much of a coward to do that. I think I think the Giants are in a position here where you have to make sure you're getting a good player there. And I think for Stingley, it's a little bit too much of a risk for me personally. That's just me. It's just is there just somewhere some way we can just get the way the Giants have ranked all these players? No, so we can. No, there's not. So that we could <laughs> just sit here easy. and say, yeah. "Well, the Giants have Stingley ranked as the you You're know the one wearing the Super Bowl ring. You have the best chance. Oh, of going sure, there yeah, and get it than yeah. Us. yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> going up there. Trust me. You have I'm to throw your weight around, yeah, Jim, more so than anybody else. Yeah. I I would have to agree with John. I just you know I it just depends on you know the this t- this team's ranking system and where that they do. Remember, smart, uh, tough, dependable. Right? Would he qualify as dependable? Well, at this point, no. Um, I, no, I don't. That's tough. I, it's, it's, uh, I know. Who knows? Jeff looks physically I mean, uncomfortable right now <laughs> having this conversation about Derek Stingley. It's really funny. Well, you know, John, it's funny because I also I think of the conversations that people had surrounding Micah Parsons last year, oh, and yeah, I feel as well. if you know that was somewhat similar, not identical. And look right. at how he turned out. So I'm not completely yeah, Parsons, though. At least the last time Parsons played. He played fantastic. We have sure. we don't yeah. have that with Stingley, which no, makes we it don't. a little bit different. Yeah, and that's why I said, you know, not identical, right. but still questions you. about can he get back to the level when there's a little bit time removed. The other thing is, if you're Joe Shane and you've got the fifth and the seventh overall picks, and I've said this time and time again, I think the Giants are in need of having two guys come in immediately, 2022, make their presence felt, Show up, be reliable, which is the word you utilize. If you have any doubt or any question about the reliability for who you're picking at five or seven, you can't do it, right? I think it's a big roll of the dice. If this is another year and you've already had one or two draft classes and you're at the point where you're a little bit more comfortable throwing one out there, fine. I don't think Joe Shane in the front office has that luxury right now. I agree. And that's where I stand with any player that would fall under that umbrella. All right, guys. We're going to record this mock draft in about 10 minutes. Uh, Jeff Pierce and I are going to grab food really fast. Then we're going to come back, record the mock draft. So thanks for being with us, everybody. Don't Also remember, you can Giant Suites, 888-NYG-1925, Premier Hospitality Experience, watch some Giant Games, concerts in 2022, be a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Go to Giants.com slash suites or the number 888-NYG-1925. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is our last live show again until Monday. But again, we'll have our mock draft with you uh, on Friday. And go check out the Giants huddle. we got a bunch of shows coming out. And, of course, the draft season podcast Happy as well. Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everybody. Yep. And we'll talk to you live on Monday. Later.